0: Welcome everyone, you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I am Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hi. Hey, hello. And unfortunately, our musical newbie Matt is not here to join us this week. Mwop mwop. Mwop Boo. Boo. But on this week's episode, we are going over the semi-newer musical, Prince of Egypt. We will be going off of the original West End cast recording, which will be linked on our Spotify in the show notes as always. Bah, 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 bah. So a little bit of background about this one. It's going to be pretty short because it is a fairly new musical, but the music and lyrics are by Stephen Schwartz and the book was by Philip Lezebnik. It is based on the 1998 DreamWorks biblical animated film of the same name. It follows it pretty closely, but adds more songs and depth to the characters and it is still owned by DreamWorks. In in my opinion, it it follows pretty close. Like it's, it's pretty neat. It's been a while since I've watched the film, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. Hi hi. As far as productions go, it began to workshop in 2015, and then it made its debut at Theater Works Silicon Valley at the Mountain View Center for the Performing Arts in Mountain View, California on October 6, 2017. So not that old. Yeah, it's a baby. It's a baby. And then it had an international premiere in a Danish production on April 6, 2018 in Fredericia, which is kind of interesting that it like jumped to international instead of staying in the States. Yeah. But, meh. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, this was followed by a summer season at the Royal Danish Theater in Copenhagen in 2019. This version reimagined the show removing lyrics, roles and songs, oh. which includes one of my personal favorites from the movie, playing with the big boys. So,
1: yeah. How dare they?
0: lame. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. now there's only one high priest. There there's two in the movie, mm-hmm. but they cut out one of the one of the priests. So, yeah. Meh. for okay. shame.
1: There was a production at the Tuacon Amphitheater in Ivins, Utah from July 13th, 2018 to October 20th, 2018, and then a heavily revised version opened at the Dominion Theatre in London's West End for a limited 39-week engagement. 39 weeks? I'm not sure I would call that a limited engagement, but whatever.
0: Well, because they only booked it for 39, it wasn't, like, open-ended like a lot of them are. (laughs) I
1: guess. I just- usually we see, like, limited two-week engagement, so, like- all right. No, 39 <laughs> weeks. From February 5th to October 31st, 2020, the show had to close Oof. on March 17th after just six weeks of production due to COVID. Wow.
0: Shocker. wrap
1: <laughs> <laughs> But it is set to reopen on July 1st, 2021 and has been extended to January 8th, 2022. So fingers crossed for this show. Hope it comes back. And
0: go get your tickets because they are on sale. Yeah. On April 3rd,
1: 2020, the cast recording of the West End production was released, so something good to come out of 2020, I guess.
2: Yes.
1: And it was nominated for the 2021 Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. Uh, unfortunately, it did lose out to Jagged Little Pill, which we will eventually cover. That's a pretty good musical as well. So I understand, but a little sad, I guess. They tried. Yeah. At
0: uh-huh. least it was, it was nominated. You oh, know. for sure. Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, so n- not a ton of background because, you know, it's it's new, but it's hopefully we'll learn more. Yeah, this l- it's a wee little baby. So let's go ahead and hop into our act one, where we open in ancient Egypt on a group of Hebrew slaves toiling away and making bricks, singing for deliverance while soldiers demand they work faster. Other soldiers are under orders to steal all Hebrew firstborn boys, snatching babies away from their mothers, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We see a woman is fleeing with her child while singing a lullaby. She sets him on the Nile in a basket and pleads that he finds a better life and asks, like the Nile, to bring him to, you know, save her location and to, you know, run smoothly for for this baby. The baby is found by the pharaoh's wife and infant son, who decides to adopt him, and they name the baby Moses. In the song, "Deliver Us," yay, baby, yay, it's baby. We jump to 18 years later, where we see the teenagers Moses and Ramses as they race their chariots, destroying the marketplace and parts of a temple. Troublemakers. (laughs) Yep. This, of course, angers the high priest, Hotep, in the song Faster. Afterwards, they get in trouble by their father, Pharaoh Seti, especially Ramses, because he's the eldest son and next in line, so he should know to behave better. And this is the song One Week Link, which kind of goes into it only takes one week emperor to break you know everything and he doesn't want his son to be the one that ruins you know <laughs> that's fair
1: but yeah it's a lot of pressure on a teenager
0: <laughs> oh yeah Ramses is ordered to marry the arrogant and ambitious princess Nefertari as a political move Moses defends Ramses to the pharaoh, but once alone, Moses also admits to himself that he wants to leave a mark on the world like his brother will in the song Footprints on the Sand.
1: Oh, wants to be just like his brother. Oh. A handful of months later, Seti returns from a desert campaign against the rebellious Midianites in the song "Seti's Return. To celebrate the victory, Seti gives Ramses a captured Midianite girl as his slave, Zipporah, in the song Dance to the Day. Later, Zipporah escapes from her guards and ends up in Moses' bedchamber. She defiantly says she will always be free and escapes. So Moses chases her after her into the marketplace and ends up running into Miriam, his real sister, and his brother Aaron. Miriam tells him the truth about who he really is, but he refuses to believe her. She sings him their mother's lullaby, which then stirs up some old memories in him. Moses rushes back to the palace, but can't seem to outrun those memories finds the pharaoh, and the pharaoh talks about his past of killing the Hebrew children, saying it was a hard decision that he had to make. And so then Moses runs for mm. the man he suspects isn't his father. He's just having a rough time. Oh, yeah. That's a mm-hmm. lot of work <laughs> And then Tuya, the queen, finds him, and finally he gets told the truth, which he actually starts to believe now because the queen told him, I
0: guess. I mean, that's his mama. Yeah.
1: And so he is a Hebrew, but he must forget that to live as he always has. And then Moses agrees in the song All I Ever Wanted.
0: Yeah, it's sad, but you know, his mom's like, listen, we're your family. And that's just, that's how it is. It doesn't matter how you got here.
1: True. So the next day, Moses is with Ramses and Hotep at the temple worksite. He attempts to act as if nothing has changed, but when he sees a guard whipping a Hebrew slave, he attacks the guard and accidentally kills him.
2: Whoops. Oopsie.
1: Whoops. (laughs) Hotep insists that Moses must be punished. Moses then runs away and Ramses follows him. Ramses says that he will hide Moses' identity and his crime. Moses denies the possibility of this and runs into the desert.
0: No, brother, I must away.
1: At least he tried to protect him. Yeah. Brotherhood. Lames, like,
0: Ramesses, like
1: he know, he's guy. still his
0: brother and he's like, it's fine, we'll just sweep it under the rug. No one needs to know. It's cool. Yeah. Politics. So Moses wanders in the desert for a really long time in the song Moses in the Desert, and it's kind of implied that he didn't really expect to survive he just kind of hoped that the elements would kill him or whatever mm-hmm. or like wash away whatever he was before so whoops but he ends up stumbling upon a midianite settlement and is welcomed in by the leader jethro it turns out that he is the father of zipporah the woman who'd escaped earlier and this all happens in the song through heaven's eyes Moses ends up becoming a shepherd in their community and gives up his past life. But as time passes and the two brothers, Moses and Ramses, sing about missing each other in the song Faster Reprise. So they still have feelings. No. Moses ends up falling in love with Zipporah and the two eventually become married in the song Never in a Million Years. And then, one day, while following a stray sheep, Moses encounters a burning bush and hears the voice of God commanding him to return to Egypt and free his people so Moses sets off with Zipporah as back in Egypt, Seti dies and Ramses is crowned Pharaoh. This ha- happens in act one finale. <gasps> Things are wrapping up, uh, no, ramping up. Ramping.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is a really powerful like end to an act.
0: Yeah, it's like the both the brothers are suddenly set on their path and like who, who they're supposed to be in this story. Mm-hmm. It's like, yikes. <laughs> They're both so different in, in this moment. So what do we think about act one so far, you guys?
1: Pretty good. Definitely familiar. Yes. But
0: that's familiar. not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. And of course, this one doesn't doesn't get a mama warning. I mean... Yeah. If it did, that'd be really weird. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of like themes that are uncomfy, but not... You know, the hard to listen to, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's 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 handled appropriately in the in the show. I think it's not like praised or anything. Yeah, and, and then by that I mean you know, <laughs> killing of babies and uh, slavery and stuff. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they made it into a children's movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of already exists as a family friendly-ish movie, so I can see this being a family friendly musical. The yeah. reason,
0: and it does it does hold up. <laughs> I think it still, it still fits. Like I, I still, uh, like I enjoyed the movie, yeah. and I think they did a really good job translating it so far.
1: Yeah, I did not know that this was a musical before we started this episode, but neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not mad about it. Like we've covered some. Oh no. Sh- we've covered a lot of shows that are like, why is that a musical? But this one, I'm like, all right. Like it fit. I think. Yeah. We've got a very good like. Setting the scene in the beginning, you get to know the characters, you get a little bit of action ramping up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it also kind of already was a little bit of a musical in the original format.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it was like a musical ish movie, so it fits. But it just doesn't mean that the movie would translate well to the stage. But I can see this working pretty well. Yeah. Thumbs up from me so far.
0: Thumbs up. Thumbs up, except for them removing the
2: bad guy song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> I am very bitter about that.
0: Okay. <laughs> it was the best song. It was pretty great. But, eh, you know, it's pretty good still. Okay, uh, and Kylie, I've got a couple factoids for you to read out this week. Ooh. Ooh!
2: Ooh! Fact about the movie, the Prince of Egypt was banned in three countries where the population is predominantly Muslim, the Maldives, Malaysia, and Egypt, on the grounds that Islamic prophets, who include Moses, cannot be depicted in media.
0: That's fair. Yikes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's super heavy unfair censorship, but...
2: I, I get it. It's a religious thing.
0: Yeah, but to say that entire country can't watch a movie is like, alright... <laughs>
2: and here's your fact about theater. Ancient Egyptians did in fact have a theater, and while they did not build buildings specifically to house them, they were performed even before the Greeks did. They were mostly pageant-like and religious in nature, while being ritualistic and mostly devoid of drama.
0: Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting because, I mean... You kind of think of theater and then think of the Greeks who invented it, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I mean, every culture everywhere has their own version of theater.
1: Yeah, I mean, storytelling is international
0: and timeless. So yeah, it's storytelling. I was reading about one that was it was talking about a very popular story in you know their mythology and their religion and stuff, and one of it actually has the pharaoh at the time like come into the performance. And they kill a hippo on stage. Oh, <laughs> damn! I'm like, wow, that's a bit overkill. How'd you get the hippo in there, first of all? Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, so I, th- I think it's kind of interesting that they're they're telling the stories of their religion, and that's their that was their theater. So I thought that was pretty cool. On <laughs> well, today, I learned while searching through Google. <laughs> yeah, the murdering of hippos. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Yep. Okay. So, how are we ready to? Oof, I don't know if I have one for this. Part our way into act two. <laughs> I, I kind of like, let's let's part the way to act two. That was pretty good. Thanks. I tried. <laughs> Yay, Kylie. Oh. She wins this week. <laughs> Which way win? Uh, thumbs up. Oh. <laughs> so Moses returns to Egypt in the song Return to Egypt. Pretty straightforward. Wow. Yeah. Well. He confronts Ramses, who is now married to Nefertari, and is the father of a son, who he named Seti II. Ramses agrees to free the Hebrews if Moses will come back to court as his advisor. In the song Always on Your Side, Moses, exultant, informs the Hebrews that they have been freed in the song Simcha. Hotep appears holding a royal decree that doubles the Hebrews' workload. So, under the influence of Hotep and Nefertari, Ramses breaks his promise to Moses. Wow. And this uh, causes the Hebrews to angrily drive Moses away in the song Deliver Us, Reprise, because they're like, well, You yeah. said you were furious and you're just making it worse, so go away, you butt.
1: Right. I'd be mad. Yeah. Moses finds Ramses sailing down the Nile on a royal barge. He warns Ramses that if he does not keep his promise, Egypt will suffer. When Ramses refuses, the waters of the Nile turn to blood. Dun, dun,
2: dun. <gasps> Gasp! Ramses, no. <laughs>
1: Hotep convinces Ramses that he can do the same and more than Moses' god, but their gods. Egypt is pummeled by plagues of disease and pests, fire and darkness, whole bunch of stuff. In the song, The Plagues, urged by Tuya, the former queen, to make peace with his brother, Moses pleads with Ramses to free the Hebrews once again, but Ramses again refuses. The final plague comes and claims the lives of all Egyptian firstborn sons, including Ramses and Nefertari's son. Whoops. So Moses is devastated by the death and destruction he has caused in the song For the Rest of My Life, which is fair because
0: I mean, yeah, technically he kind of like killed a lot of people.
1: Yeah. So Ramses tells Moses that the Hebrews can go, while Nefertari grieves over the dead body of their son in the song Heartless. Moses tells Miriam and the Hebrews that they are finally free, but he is too distraught to leave them. Miriam and Zipporah, along with the freed Hebrews, revive his spirits in the song
0: When You Believe. Which is one of my favorite songs. Moses leads the Hebrews to the edge of the Red Sea, where Zipporah mourns the fact that she will never see her family again. In the song, Never in a Million Years, Reprise. Suddenly, the Egyptian army appears in the distance, led by Ramses and Hotep, and the Hebrews appear to be trapped. (gasps) Needing a miracle to escape, Moses holds his hand out and the Red Sea parts. Whoosh. Whoosh, yeah, big whoosh. The Hebrews pass through the Red Sea while Moses remains to offer himself as ransom to Ramses for their freedom. Hotep urges Ramses to kill Moses, but Ramses refuses, saying there has been too much death and he will be the weak link, breaking the chain of destruction. So hearkening back to what his dad had said to him in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So the two embrace, becoming brothers once more, and Moses and Zipporah follow the Hebrews. Hotep, however, commandeers the Egyptian army and pursues Moses and the Hebrews into the parted Red Sea. Once the Hebrews reach safety, the waters fall back down, drowning Hotep and the soldiers. Just kill more people. Get it's wrecked. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the opposite sides of the Red Sea, Moses and Ramses face their separate destinies, knowing they will always have a brother who supports them and understands them, in the song Act 2 finale. Wow. Wow. <gasps> so yeah, that, that is the show. What do we think? It's like the
2: movie.
1: It good. <laughs> I'm wondering how they did the parting of the sea on stage. Yeah, I because like in my imagination, it's like a high school where you've got like two kids with like blue sheets or something, and they're like waving them, and they separate. <laughs> away you out. know what I mean?
0: That's what I thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I know it's better than that. I know it is, but that's what I'm picturing in my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, in in my mind's eye, I don't know why, but I'm picturing like they have like a projector screen or something.
1: Yeah. Oh. I can see that, in but
0: I have no idea how it's done.
1: Like doing it all through lighting and projection versus yeah something else versus yeah. like
0: practical effects.
1: Especially since it is such a modern musical, I can see it being more right. effect
0: based than like physical based. I don't know. I am yeah. curious though. I'm curious, and I and I would definitely go see this one. Yeah, you know it's it's a good story. You know, religious religious part of it aside, like it's it's still a really good story, and the music is super catchy. Like you know, I've always really enjoyed the music. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm saying my my comment in the intermission still stands. Like this fits well in a musical format. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. so I think this was a good adaptation for the stage. I would say I hope it gets the chance to play more because it you know hasn't (laughs) been able to very much. So I'm hoping we'll see good things from this one in the future because I can see this. I mean, it does have a little bit of holdback because it is religious side of things and that tends to turn people off, some people. So might not be the ideal theater audience or whatever, but I still think it makes a good musical.
0: Oh, yeah. And again, mm-hmm. the, the, the music is really catchy and I think, I think it would still do well here because it is, mean, you know, still just a story and like anything else. So I don't know.
2: Do you have any thoughts, Kylie? I like it. I, I agree with what Amber said. I think people would like if they looked at more as like an entertainment value if mm-hmm. religion's what turns them off. Right. Kind of like with Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. At least with this one, like the name of the show is just the Prince of Egypt, so it's like, if you have no idea what it is, then like you're not going to be instantly put off. Kind of like you, you said like with Jesus Christ Superstar, the name itself was a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. So whereas this one's like the Prince of Egypt, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of neat. I'm just kind of curious. I like Egyptian stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah, pretty cool show. Thumbs up. We think you should go see it if it ever comes to the United States.
1: And if you have seen it, please give us details because I want to know.
0: Tell us how they part the Red Sea. Please tell
1: me things. Give us the secrets.
0: I'm also curious about how they represent the plagues, because like in the song, they you know they talk through you know each of the plagues. And it's very aggressive and very disturbing. But I also wonder how they show it on stage. They
2: have a cage of locusts and they just let them be
0: free. Yikes.
1: (laughs) Just spread the plagues into the the audience. It's fine.
0: (laughs) It's a 4D show. You know, it's got a splash zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. This one would be a good one to have a legit splash zone. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. you're not wrong.
0: (laughs) Yikes. I'm just imagining them, like, throwing frogs into the audience. (laughs) You get (laughs) a frog and you get a frog. (laughs) Please, no. (laughs) So, yeah, that is the show. Um, But before we wrap up entirely, I found some extra facts while I was doing my research today. So I wanted to share some things with you guys. So there is a great article written about the historical accuracies of the movie from dailyhistory.org, which I will be linking in the show notes. But a couple interesting points I wanted to share are... In terms of the biblical plagues, there is a theory of them actually having happened, although not brought about by any prophets, of course. A quote from the article, The Hort slash Kitchen theory asserts that the blood was caused by oxygen fluctuations in the Nile River, which killed much of the fish, sending horde frogs from the river. The dead and dying frogs brought forth a lice infestation, and the excess water from the seasonal flooding brought more insects that in turn infected the livestock with anthrax. Yeah. Locusts arrived from the southeast as they often did every few years, and then the darkness was a result of seasonal winds in March or April. The children would have been the most susceptible to the plague, but no one, including the Hebrews, could have escaped unharmed. All of it began in July or August during the annual inundation of the Nile River and ended about nine months later. End quote. Hmm. So, interesting thought, and I'd be curious to read more about that theory.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Another fact for you, perhaps the biggest historical inaccuracy shown in the film is the relief in the temple that depicts Hebrew children being thrown into the Nile River. So although the Egyptians were known to do some brutal things in warfare, just as other people in the region and, you know, period, did, there is no evidence that they actually, like, threw their enemies' children into the Nile. There is no evidence that the Egyptians practiced infanticide either. The Egyptians only memorialized their battlefield victories And slaughtering the children of their vanquished enemy would certainly not be something they would have written about or depicted in art.
0: Fair. Yeah, because that's real shady. Also, another quick fact, Egyptians were equal opportunity slavers and employers. Wow. They enslaved and hired anyone from any culture, including their own. Hebrews were among them, but slaves weren't segregated in any way and worked alongside each other, no matter their nationality. So, like, in the Exodus story from the Bible, obviously, it's like, it was all Hebrews, and they were all, as a you know, they were they took they made, maintained the entire force mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, the slaves there. But historically, that's just not possible. You know, I mean, it, they made up a, a good chunk of the population, but they weren't the only ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I thought that was that was an interesting article, and I I will definitely be sharing that so you guys can read it yourself. Wow. Oh, cool cool. So yeah, so I think that will be wrapping up this episode. So be sure that you are liking and subscribing to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. This ensures you'll get our episodes as soon as they're posted and then you'll see like other things that we might post including like bonus episodes or extra content or what what have you.
2: And if you're on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. It helps boost us up in the numbers and Amber likes to post your reviews on Instagram. You could get a Yes, she out. do.
1: Yeah,
0: shout out to those get of you that, that have already out. reviewed us because you're cool. We appreciate you. And of course, the best way to help us is via word of mouth. So please feel free to tell your friends, family, coworkers, any plagues that you might be, you know, friends with. Tell the locusts. They'll spread our, you know, thing far and wide. They like to scream. They do like to scream, as do we. So yeah, please continue to spread the word about us because we really appreciate it. And that is the best way to organically help us grow and get us in front of more people's ears. Yep, that holds together.
1: <laughs> Does it? Sure, we're okay. going to go with it. <laughs> and if you want to hang out with us outside of this podcast, because we're pretty cool and you're pretty cool, so, you know. Yes. Uh You can reach out to us pretty much anywhere on the internet. So, a little more privately, you can email us at at gmail.com, but you can also find us on Twitter at Save You can find us on Instagram at Save and You can find us on Facebook at Save and, and you can even find us on YouTube under the Ragtag Network. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah, and of course, for more shows and to keep updated on everything that we've got going on, you can go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com and that's also where you're going to find some cool merch, which is www.ragtagnetwork.com slash merch. We've got a lot of cool designs up there and they're just neato, so go check those out. As for extra little announcements this week, we have reached 2,900 downloads. woo 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 We are so thankful that you guys are getting us up there and we are so close to hitting 3000. So we would love to hit that by the end of the month. Like it's so, it's so close. We would really appreciate it. So continue telling everybody about us and yeah, we, we really appreciate you guys. So thanks. All right. That is going to wrap up this episode of Save Me Now Seat. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: If you love stories from American history, but are curious to follow down the more unbeaten path, then this five-star podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bougere, and I'm a full-time author that loves to dig up stories that didn't quite make it into the mainstream history books. I lean more towards the darker side of American history. The curious, the strange, the deadly. Legends, murders, rituals, hauntings, traditions, and beliefs and the interesting collection this country was founded on. Join me every week with a new story that peeks behind the curtain of America's yesterday. You never know what I'll find in my bag of bones.